It is September 30th, 2019. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Toot toot. You got all my wood over there. There we go. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are about four minutes late trying to get back into the swing of things. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, across from me, the bearded one, drinking his bourbon. It has been a while. It's been two weeks since we recorded. Gotta go easy on the bourbon. I got a bat, the worst canker sore I've ever had in my entire life. You got canker sores? Mm-hmm. My ankles have just swollen. They've ballooned up. Too much sodium, man. That's you all gotta, it is. You it's been stay- eating fat back. I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a strict fat back diet. Strictly ham hocks and fat back. <laughs> I need oh. to make some fat back. I need to make some ham hocks. It's going to be our Friendsgiving this year. <laughs> Come over to the house and just gain 30 pounds of water weight yeah. from all the sodium intake. <laughs> going to do, um, you know how they do the turducken, not turducken. Oh god, a turducken with uh, ham hocks in it, but or just stuff with fat back. No, the to- it's gonna get soggy. <laughs> it's <laughs> just salty pork fat inside. Of the tofurkey, you know, whenever they do like the congealed soy, tur- the tofu turkey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that, but like spam, but with with ham hocks. Yeah, yeah. that'd be good. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning <laughs> in on this. About- oh, lovely like, Monday like evening. Some- Taking time out of your day. Let me let the dog out real quick, like the Baja men. Oh, man. Get out. Has anybody heard from Dan? Nobody's heard from Dan. Earth to Dan. Earth to Dan. I don't even think he listens to us anymore. I'm like, fuck those guys. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. That's he- a sick cutout, though. Thanks. That's a cheap $7 piece of uh, soft pine from Home Depot that I did a test cut with. Mm. Up there with the uh, with the old X-Carve. That's pretty sick. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's not bad. You going to start making choo-choos next? I. Yeah, probably. Could I think you? that's the next logical step. No, I don't think so because that's that's way too three D for me to do a cutout from. So how do you even do this, dude? I don't know. Oh, okay. I get it. It's a chunk of plywood at the top and then there's yeah, like so this a, is a separate piece and then they just drill it looks like there's just holes straight down into oh. this. And then they miter it off and then cut these little slits in it. Interesting. Okay. This is all done with a laser cutter. You can see the burn marks on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can definitely get a lot more detail, a lot more fine. Ages five plus. Like, what I don't can- know, though. That might just be from my dip. Just yeah. blowing, blowing <laughs> dip spit in here. <laughs> what? How would that be a hazard for somebody five years and younger? I think it's more of a hazard for some adults. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> Not for me, though. Two. Two. <laughs> two. Toot, toot, toot. Anything. Oh, God. <laughs> Anything to oh, just... Oh, it's almost like an exclamation point. Do it. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, you genius. No, but leave the mom on the other side. But you, but it's upside down. Or Yeah, but she's still yelling. That's there still pretty go. good, though. Yeah. I like it. 
That's uh, exclamation. We got all the swag. We got Matthew's 3D printed Home Before Dark sign. We're just trying to distract from that miserable game that we had last night. Oh, fuck. I forgot to bring the damn cow with me. I've, I've, my car's in the shop, so I had to bring Katie's car. Joe Johnstone's mentioned it. Where, where's my H4D, Kevin? We haven't recorded, so I haven't been able to give this man the, the yes. proper respect that he deserves. Put some respect on Joe Johnstone's name. The man is living on a throne of chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A. He got the CFA seat upgrade. Stripped it right out of the hands of darling Theodora. We were in the running, but he got it. He got the CFA seat upgrade. He got the stuffed cow, 52 sandwich vouchers, got to go sit in the club oh, level. Oh, that's how that works. So you get one per week? I, I mean, you could technically use them all <laughs> at one time. <laughs> mm. He goes, I wish they were beef and cheddar coupons, but they would have had oh. to, like, they would have been twice the value. So I had, um, it's funny you talk about beef and cheddars. I had this moment today with one of my employees where uh, she was talking about how much she hated that black and yellow song by Wiz Khalifa. It's like in college, we, we used to sing that, but it was beef and cheddar. Yeah, exactly. That and mozzarella for mozz- yeah. pretty much any food item that was at Arby's at the time. So we we were both in the running for CFA seat upgrade, and uh, he ends up winning it. He gets the stuffed cow and all that, and uh, of course... Andy, our very own Andy Watkins starts shaming him. How could you? How could you take <laughs> take this from such a small child? And uh, we had a lot of fun with it. And I'll be damned. He didn't come running over out of nowhere and runs up behind us and just like gives her the cow and runs away. <laughs> and you should have seen her face, but she lit up with this thing. She she sleeps with it now. Wow, it's, um, it's overtaken yeah. the sea lion. It was awesome. They're one. They're they're one all the they're all buddies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations, Joe Johnstone. So he's one of one of our own. It's, yeah, he's it, one of our own. It's good to know that it's possible. That's one thing Angie and I have been talking about with that CFA upgrade. It's like, how does the free Chick-fil-A for a year work? Is it like yeah. whenever they had to stop serving Kramer and whenever he had the lawsuit <laughs> with the, the the cafe lattes, whenever he kept uh, kept coming up and they just kept refusing service on him or not? Yeah, it would be. Oh, well, apparently untenable. he didn't even see Andy. See, what a gentleman. He's just so great, man. Yeah. This is my problem though. Whenever people do nice things t- for me, I'm like, I've got to I got to fi- I can't I can't live with just somebody doing something nice for me. So I was immediately like, I- I'll give it back to you. You're like, you don't have to do this. Stop. <laughs> don't do nice things. It's like uh the office with Dwight and Andy whenever they couldn't yeah. who, who who owed one last. Exactly. Who, yeah, you can't exactly. can't not return the favor. Um, if you guys are watching us on YouTube and you you are not subscribed, make sure you hit the subscription button, hit the notification bell icon, the Bell Holcomb icon, who's been missing for God knows how long. Yeah, I'm going to need to rename it. Yeah, I'm going to need to rename it. Uh, we need suggestions on what to rename the notification bell icon. Um, yeah, if you guys are, a trap. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes um, the day after or whenever you listen to us, make sure that you guys... Not only subscribe, but rate and uh, review the show. We'll read your review live and loud on the show. Live. Live. Smash that <laughs> like button, as uh, those in the trap are saying, Domer and, and Kevin. Kevin's and, uh, back. Yeah, Kevin Brown. up uh, Back from Montreal. Uh, I know he uh, he was up there last night with his wife. Dude, what's that beaver tail taste like, though? It's got to be gamey, right? Like, how gamey is a beaver tail? It's just, so it's just a beaver tail that they tempura fry, 
and then they just like see that's where they do go it like wrong. A, they do it like a elephant ear. They put it in there and then they put powdered sugar on it, right? Yeah, I think so. No, I don't know if any of you guys saw that, but go look at Mike Conti's post. The dessert in Montreal, the Canadian dessert called the Beaver Tail, just a giant. It's a Canadian sopapilla, is what it is. Oh man, right? Is, isn't that essentially what, what it, it is? Just like. like a deep fried piece of dough covered in uh, in cinnamon sugar and honey. Yeah, I want it. Yeah, God. Um, how was uh, how was the atmosphere at Stad Saputo last night, Kevin? Uh, Kevin Brown, I'd like to know what that was like because it seemed like our um our support showed out as always. We had good traveling support. Um, should dis- we back up before we start talking about that? I don't want to talk about the NYCFC game. <laughs> good God, <laughs> pretty terrible, right? Yeah, it is pretty terrible. Actually, I want to point out Brittany S's point earlier. Whenever I brought up, uh, I brought up the the run of form. She said Columbus did did their uh, job for us la- for last night, and uh, I think I was so disappointed I forgot to look at that result after after last night. I just kind of went and sulked. A lot of a lot of really good results yesterday. Aside from that, Orlando eliminated from playoffs. Oh, a lot yeah. of history with that club. A lot of history of not making yeah, the playoffs. One of the, one of the most historic clubs in the league. Are they the, not, or, not making the playoffs? I want to know the stat. Are, aside from FC Cincinnati, is Orlando City the only team in MLS to never make the playoffs? Ooh. That's a good question. Because I can think about pretty much every yeah, team. Yeah, because Minnesota in, qualified this year. Yeah. Colorado has won a championship. RSL has been to championships, if not just one. LA teams, both of them. Portland, Seattle, Kansas City, obviously. Dallas, Houston, all playoff teams. Yeah, I think that they might be. Yeah, I think Cincinnati, obviously they're an expansion team. They just made it to the league this year. They're... I think Orlando City is the only team in MLS <laughs> to never have made the playoffs. Huh. Hmm. Got him. Can got somebody can history. somebody confirm that stat for me? Got that history. It shouldn't be too hard. Got it that should not ha- be too got hard. That history. Yeah. Okay, Nathan Explosion, new name in the trap. Um Oh shit, what up, Nathan? Nathan Explosion, is that from Metalocalypse? I don't know. I didn't watch that show much. Oh. Okay. What did he say? He said, uh, talk about it, uh, talking about the NYCFC game. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about yeah. it. Yeah, Nathan Explosion is from Metalocalypse. Sweet. Nice. Sweet. Uh, voiced by Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse. Is, is that his really? name? I'm pretty sure his name's Corpse Grinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the lead singer of Cannibal Corpse is the... Oh, that's the awesome. vo- or the, the, I was going to say vocalist. <laughs> <laughs> he is the, uh, the voice of Nathan Explosion. So NYC game. Run a form. Uh, Matt, Matt Austin, fact, just fact-checked. O-F-Y-O is the lone team to never make the playoffs. Outside of Cincinnati, of course. Wow. Outside of Cincinnati. Seven years. Wow. Seven years and no playoffs. Wow. How does that feel? I feel like my voice just sounded like a shock jock. But but they do have that EMLS trophy and Abuela's dinner plate. They got that dinner plate. Yeah. Got the dinner plate. They got the dinner plate. NYC. NYCFC, that game, um, I mean, I said it going into that game. I think that, and I said it afterwards, and somebody contested me about Shit, it. We, but didn't even, we didn't record before that game, even. 
No, I guess we didn't. For so we the, should uh, probably start San Jose there, game, right? Start at NYCFC? No, start before going into NYCFC. San Jose game. We, yeah. we don't really need to talk about the San Jose game, but the biggest takeaway from that game being Joseph's injury. Yeah, that's true. Which has affected this team, and you've seen two, two sort of iterations of the team and the lineup as a result of Joseph's injury. And one of the biggest question marks for this team has been, if not Joseph, then who? Going into the NYC game, one of the biggest c- concerns I had was the stat that they showed going into the match of Atlanta United goal scores, Joseph Martinez, 26, 4 4 4 4 2 2 2 everybody else as far as the actual goal scored. So you have 85% of all your goals coming through one player. Um, so okay, Joe Johnstone is asking us to play his voicemail. Oh, okay. When speaking about the uh, the San Jose game. Give me two seconds. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. So, yeah, the biggest question mark going into the NYC game was we were all really bummed because of the Joseph injury. Uh, didn't know how long he was going to be out, but obviously we now know it's not as severe an injury as we originally thought coming out of the San Jose match. His streak ended. His watch has ended, but um, he's, he's still – in recovery, we've seen him running, going into the NYC match. He was we, in that, like, crazy... Yeah, the big balloon. Is that the hyperbaric chamber? Basically. The hyperbolic time chamber? Yeah, so going into NYC match, um, who was going to replace him? Barco wasn't quite healthy yet, and what was the lineup going to be going in on the road in a compressed field on a compressed schedule because that was the quick turnaround week where we played san jose on saturday and then we were up at nyc on wednesday so and then going into it against a team that in my opinion has been the best team in mls for the past probably two months yeah and i mean leading up to that night you know the i think it was lafc had not won a game in five i think they had drawn four out of their last five and they lost one to minnesota i want to say it was to start that stretch so they had definitely been on the downturn they had peaked early granted they won supporter shield this past week but nycfc has looked every bit a title contender if not the favorite to me in the past few weeks if not for the past two months and to your point lose joseph still without Barco. And then coming off of a very very subpar performance against san jose where you are a man up and you're tied going into the 85th minute. Okay, so let's listen to Joe Johnstone's. What's going on, guys? I was just going to uh, call in because there was so much confusion about what happened in the match Saturday and just how crazy it was towards the end, and I can't believe people can't see what happened. I mean, the entire match was a battle for ultimate sexiness. <laughs> you got... Matias Almeida's hair versus Frank DeBoer. The breaking point was the 85th minute when Almeida just couldn't take it anymore, <laughs> even with his hair, and got ejected from the game because of what he said to to Frank DeBoer, basically stating that I can't believe you're so dang sexy. I can't handle it anymore. I'm out. Or maybe he had to get a change of clothes. Also, that was the breaking point for the match. Because that battle of sexiness had ended, the relief had fell over the stadium and the field, and we scored two goals. 
I'm glad you cleared this up for you guys. Oh, yeah. Guess what? Eat more chicken. <laughs> Very fitting. Very fitting. Um, yeah, that relief washing over the stadium or the, the field. Yeah. It's a hormone dump is what we call That's it. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Uh, my favorite thing was Ali Mehta's, uh response to the Tito Meg on the sidelines. You see that slowed down? No, I didn't. Oh, man. Whenever Tito Meg, that guy, I forget who it was, and his response on the sideline just, oh, <laughs> it's fucking great, especially in slow-mo. Uh, so, yeah, subpar performance at best uh, at home against the San Jose team that was down a man for at least, what, what when did they get that red card? It was pretty early in the second half, right? Yeah, it was, so, it was pretty early on. Uh Disappointing result there, even though it was a win. It just what's concerned me consistently in the the final third of this season is that Atlanta United is not when they're getting results, it doesn't seem to be done so convincingly. And and it's really concerning going into the playoffs where Joseph hasn't played uh, for a couple of weeks and he'll be coming back in and getting back into the swing of things and we always expect to see some fall off in players whenever they're coming back from injury, just the hesitation to go a hundred percent out the gate and risk another potential injury. So seeing the run of form for this Atlanta United team um, going into that NYC match left a lot to be desired. And then not to mention the, the roster issues that we had going into that game. And I think the result and the run of play spoke to that from start to finish. There, there just there was not much to take away from that game. Uh, LGP makes some some really bad one on one plays, and and that's been uh, which game are you talking about? The yeah, exactly. Um, and even last night we saw LGP make a boneheaded mistake that ends up leading to the equalizing goal. But I, I at least understand what he was trying to do there. He was he thought that maybe he could he can latch on to that that tackle in like, front of a conquo. Whatever. I mean, whenever the entire talk, even from the announcers for that game, is about how Atlanta United seems to be riding the ship defensively in that match because what they had been doing and what how they had been getting so exposed was either through long balls over the back line or just making really bad one-on-one defensive plays outside of Miles Robinson. So defensively, it was run, hold up, play, and then have a second line of defense with an overlap. And that worked for most of last night until you have a defender try to take somebody one-on-one without somebody there to recover. And he misses, and it just completely exposes a run that somebody yeah, has to sure. pull off to then cover that wasn't planning to do so. Yeah, they crashed the box really well on that, and Conquo found Boyan like, perfectly on that. I mean, that was that was a great run and, and a great uh, assist from Conquo on that. And... Yeah, I mean it was it was ultimately LGP's fault that we were in that situation. Like you you go into these matches or especially NYC because I feel like it's been a new Atlanta United team since Joseph's been out and we've talked about this a lot where over the years where when the lineup changes and the roster changes particularly um if if it's to an extreme on one line of the field versus the other the other side of it has to respond to that. So knowing that the offensive playmaking ability was going to be limited, the defensive 
you know, hold up play had to respond to that in some way to hold that line. And they just got run over by that NYC team. Yeah. I mean, to sit the science kids point, I, I, I made this point about, I think on Twitter during the game, if not after it, but he's saying, I thought NYC FC game needed Larry more so than Montreal. I would say definitely needed him in NYCFC. I still think we needed him in Montreal. I said we should have been completely defensive for a draw. I don't think it's just that. I mean, I think Remetti had a really bad game against NYCFC. That midfield was non-existent, but we couldn't actually establish anything. It's it's obviously a, a harder field to play on. Everybody was up and down the entire time. It's just it's ping pong the entire game. You can never establish control in that middle, but at the same time, I felt like if we could have had Larry's presence, uh, Jeff Lorenowitz's presence in that game, that we could have controlled that so much better because I felt like Rometty kept getting caught out. And I feel just... like Michael Parkhurst even in that game. I mean, yeah. Pogba was a huge liability in that game. I mean, he leads to a PK that, by the grace of God, we end up not conceding a, a fifth goal. Yeah. Um, Bill Holcomb, when's the last? Welcome back, Bill. Uh, when's the last good game Rometty has had? I don't know. Honestly, it's yeah, been a well, while since I he's really I said the same looked... thing about Tito last night right before he ends up scoring the goal that ends up getting overturned. But um I think I think a lot of that can be said about a lot of the team because the team hasn't had a lot of really good games. I don't think that's true though. I <laughs> consistently. mean consistently. I don't know. I think there have definitely been bright spots. Um Yeah, spots for sure. But the NYCFC game, I don't know where those bright spots were. Or against the San Jose game. Up until the last 10 minutes, there wasn't much of one. Yeah, that's true. Last night, I think there was more to take away. I think that oh, yeah. despite the grand slam that he hit, I thought Brandon Vasquez, if he can get his damn, if he can get his head straight finishing the ball like he has in U.S. Open Cup and like he did in the U-20s, his, I feel like his movement, his effort, his... There's too many ifs and maybes. His We've, interchange. But, I mean, there's nobody else to play up there right now other than Tito. Because Joseph's injured. Why not Andrew Carlton? Yeah, I mean, Andrew Carlton has been on fire. I threw that exactly. out. I mean, I feel like there has been a hole in this team, and he... Like, you've got to rotate players. Like, clearly, Brandon Vasquez is not producing any sort of difference in the game through his involvement. Yes, he's made some good runs, but I feel like his good runs are overshadowed by his terrible finishing that he's had in golden opportunities on a big stage. Because of that, you have to, you, you can't, I mean, I guess you can. Atlanta's fortunate enough in this position to do so. You can just sort of keep riding that out. But I guess that's an interesting thing. What do you do to get ahead a little bit? Considering Atlanta's run of form and the lineup, what do you do going into this weekend's match knowing that Atlanta, with a win, clinches second? Do you throw everything at it to try to jump up one more seed in playoffs? Or do you just try to iron things out, play a good, consistent match, and get really solid reps for everybody and be content with third if second happens great? I'm with Bill Holcomb. I, I think... This is absolutely a must win. Two home games in the playoffs is crucial, especially in yep. a winner-take-all scenario. You can't rely on that away and you know the home and away fixtures. It's if we get two going in, 
and then potentially a third if NYCFC gets knocked out. It's it's huge. I mean, we, you can't sneeze at that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you throw everything you can at this game on Sunday. I think we win this game. It's not like – I know New England, whenever Bruce Arena came in, he injected new life into the team. He actually realized – Oh shit! Brad Friedel wasn't doing anything and got them I'd, doing I'd something. I'd prefer to win, so we don't have to play them in the playoffs. If we if we lose, we're gonna have to play them again, right? <laughs> the next week. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and that doesn't. That's not a good matchup. I mean, if we lose, I mean, the only thing you can really rest on at that point is well, maybe we'll get the mentality and Joseph will be back and that'll make the difference, but it depends on how bad we lose. I'd rather win against them. Play them again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would play them again, knowing that we were able to find some success in that result. Right. It's a lot easier to maintain success than overcome failure. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And they're, I think they're one, four and O in their last five. So they haven't lost, but at the same time, they've won one of those games out of their and, last five. And what was that one this weekend? Yeah, a against huge NYCFC. Fucking win for them. Yeah, on a full size field. NYCFC maybe gets a little exposed out there. They're yeah. playing without Keaton Parks. I don't know if that was their only injury this weekend, um, but that's definitely a huge blow to the team, uh, to the lineup, to not have him out there. But I mean, New England's got players, man. Oh yeah. They definitely have some playmakers. Bruce Arena, is, as much as I don't like the guy, especially from his USMNT tenures, I can't believe it's plural, he has injected life into that team. He has gone out there with some sort of intent and mission and, and uh, game plan, and it's worked out for them for the most part. I mean, they're in the playoff hunt. Did they clinch last night? Who? New England? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who do you uh, – so two points here. Uh, between Nathan, uh, do you guys think NYC is the only real threat for Atlanta in the no. Eastern Conference playoffs, or would you put Philly in there also? And then also the sort of follow-up to that, uh, where was it? Joe Johnstone, who would you rather play, New England or Toronto? Maybe kind of partner both of those up together. There's only one team in the play- – to, to Joe Johnstone's point, he said, I would put uh, New York Red Bulls, Toronto, Philly, NYCFC are all dangerous. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it's every team other than New England in the Eastern Conference playoffs right now is is a threat to to the Eastern throne. I still think it's NYCFCs to lose. I think yesterday is probably not not an aberration. I, I think the Revs are are, for, are a formidable team, but I think NYCFC is still the best team in the East. Yeah. And I think if they just keep playing how they have been playing, and not making mistake like silly mistakes or anything like that. I think again. I mean, how many? They have a couple guys with fifteen goals. I mean, that speaks for itself to me. They're yep. a dangerous team, and Dude. they're good on defense. How great is it that we're sitting here talking about the very real, uh, very tangible possibility that Atlanta United is second in the East, only removed by a couple of points from taking first place. Oh, I forgot about DC. Sorry, DC. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried I'm about not DC. I was worried about DC either. Say that again. That we're sitting here a week removed from the end of the, or a week until the end of the season, and we very well could be sitting here next week talking about how Atlanta United ended up being second in the East when we were all saying, well, you know, anything, if we make playoffs, it's a win. We didn't expect much going into the season. I mean, I know, but I've found money. I've been saying, I've been quoted to say, I thought that this was a fourth to seventh place team 
midway through the season, I thought third through seventh. To, to be up to second, even. I mean, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, it is. It is pretty crazy. Um, Philly's good, though, man. I, oh, I just, yeah. We kept thinking they would fall off all year. Yeah. Yeah, because I felt like they had that pedigree of, of not being able to continuously play up to their potential, and they I think they finally have... Do you think okay? So this is the more interesting discussion, more so even than Atlanta United's result this weekend. Does Philly pull it out against NYC this weekend? Um, where are they playing? Are they in NYC? I don't know. Let's see. They are in Philly. Oh man, that's going to be a very telling matchup. That that game very well could decide who wins. And to Bill's point, to Bill Holcomb's point, NYCFC should be resting all of their key players going into this weekend. Convention would say they've clinched the first place. They have it's a true. first round bye. They have why home would field you? advantage why would throughout you? the playoffs. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you risk injury? I I think the same thing about LAFC. We had this discussion before we started. I I never want to wish ill of any player <laughs> or for any player like it's so shitty to see people online talk about oh just just slide tackle joseph in the back just take him out of the game i never want a player to Put get injured a body bag. i never want a player to get injured but i want cocky managers to get punished and bob bradley yeah oh, you've God. got you've got carlos vela who's who's now tied joseph's single season goal record as of this past weekend does LAFC start Carlos this weekend when they secured Supporter Shield last weekend? He didn't really even need to play this week, but especially in the final week, knowing you've got a buy and everything, it's the same sort of scenario that we're talking about with NYCFC. If LAFC trots out Carlos Vela, part of me, part of me wants him to take a knock, not anything career ending or anything but enough to keep him out the first match just to say why the fuck would you do that like what's what good what are you doing by by doing that other than stroking your own ego against but a colorado team that has conceded 60 goals this season but a team that uh, who pointed that out up there uh bill he said who beat lafc in that's la true. earlier this that's year that's very true colorado rsl it was colorado that's very true colorado beat them over there very true and again, that could end up happening. Uh, I still think, and I've said this for months now, I think this LAFC team is very vulnerable in this one game. Everybody is vulnerable, but I think they are not in. Uh, well, not Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make it. <laughs> you got to make it. Um, Colorado doesn't have a chance to make the playoffs still, do they? Mm, I think they stayed alive. Yeah, they did. Yep. Oh shit. They can they can make the seventh. That's right. Oh. We're gonna be over there during playoffs. Uh, the East is locked up, right? I think so, yeah. I don't think they're I'm pretty sure East aside, got locked aside up. from us, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as the teams that are in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but seed, second and seeding. third, yeah. Second and third can and jump. then fourth, fifth, and sixth. And fifth. Uh no, sixth and seventh can switch, and then fourth, fifth, and sixth can swap. Yeah, there's gonna be some sh- some shuffling. I I think by the end of it. So I, if we beat if we beat New England, we're guaranteed to play them again. Yeah. If we lose to New England, we would 
play Toronto if depending on the Toronto result, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or potentially play New England again. Yeah. But we're playing New England or Toronto. For sure. Yes. So the the question holds from Joe Johnson earlier. Who would you rather play between the two? New England. Okay. I uh, I'll I'll wait until after this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I said it a few weeks ago. I I I I've been scared of this New England team. Granted, the run that they went on a couple of months ago has not been sustainable and hasn't been a continuous run. But to see them come out and pull out a big result against NYCFC this past weekend, if they get another result this weekend, seems to be that they're back on that trend again. And I don't want to yeah, play them. nobody wants that. I mean, that's that's a huge huge momentum swing for that team going into playoffs coming off of beating the first and third team in the east going into playoffs yeah it's gonna be interesting okay and they would beat us at home so home field advantage is already so playoff picture as it stands right now is we host new england philly hosts toronto dc hosts nyrb otherwise known as the jersey red bulls Western Conference, you got Minnesota hosting Dallas, Seattle hosting Portland, LA Galaxy hosting Real Salt Lake. Some really interesting matchups. You have two kind of offensive powerhouses to me in, in LA Galaxy and Real Salt Lake that I think that's going to be a very interesting game. I guess powerhouse maybe not the right word for, for Real Salt Lake, but they can definitely score goals in bunches whenever it comes. But um, these are some really good lineups. I mean, you have... You have Seattle and Portland playing that that Cascadia Cup uh, or yeah. whatever you want to call it, the that big rivalry up there. Um, the other big point, I mean, Brittany S. makes it, which is Colorado will be playing hard to get a playoff spot. That's really risky from a manager's standpoint of but it also, trotting your out point, your starting line. Bob Bradley's not shy about his hubris. <laughs> Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he still thinks he should be coaching the U.S. men's national team. Everybody else thinks differently. But that, yeah, I mean, that could be a very interesting or could very dangerous very thing. Very dangerous game. Yeah, very dangerous game. The most, most, the dang- most dangerous game. Most dangerous <laughs> On the hunt for Vela. You know who's not in the hunt? Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so uh, we talked about NYC. Let's talk about... um, Montreal. Montreal. Starting lineup, Barco makes the 18, because he was not in the 18 against NYC. He was not. Uh, So Barco makes the 18. You hear Carlos Bocanegra talk before the game with Julian Sakovitz and uh, Dan Gargan that he expected Barco to get playtime, so that was... Good. We had seen him training over the past couple of weeks. So see Barco in the lineup. Also no Remedi uh, because of yellow card accumulation as well as um, Franco Escobar didn't have yellow card accumulation. No, he, he was on the bench. Sat. Yeah, he just sat. Um, so biggest rotations were getting Michael Parkhurst in the lineup. Yep. Back three between. No flow pogs. Yep. Back three between Parkhurst um Miles Robinson and LGP midfield. You've got uh, Jeff Lorenowitz filling in for Eric Rometty, Darlington Nagby. You've got Gressel on right 
Um, Emerson Hyman up the middle too. Em- Emerson Hyman in the middle as well. Uh, also saw Justin Miram pl- starting, who did not start against NYC, and then uh, PT up top. So lineup overall, I, I mean, some some really big changes to that, particularly um, on both sides of the field, both with Justin Miram, who seems to be a a key player in this lineup at this point. You know, what's going to be interesting is whenever we've got a healthy Joseph and a healthy Barco, if Justin stays in that position, because I don't see why not. I mean, he's I mean, been his, so his, beneficial to the lineup. More so on defense sometimes, I think, than on offense. Absolutely. Like, he's very calm on defense, sometimes like nerve wrackingly so. Oh, yeah. We've seen him dance around in the six yard box just to get the. I mean, him and Nagby both have that ability to just stay completely calm under pressure. And Heinemann's kind of the same way, too. Yeah. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't think that you, but I don't know how you could keep Barco out. Just seeing the play times and the impact that he makes in the game and the way that he did coming into the match last night, aside from a couple of hesitant passes that he didn't make uh, a little bit quicker, overall, I thought he made a huge difference in that game whenever he came in. Um, so, Barco has to fit in this lineup somehow, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know where that is right now. Um, because Pitti Martinez is playing really well right now, too. Yeah, that's true. But I don't... But I, I guess I would give the edge to Barco because they both took the same shot last night. Barco, Barco Bar- was a little <laughs> bit closer because he actually hit the post rather than the uh, I think I think Barco slips in for Heinemann. Yeah. I, uh, I think that. that's the natural fit I because I think that you don't want to mess with for for as much as they have weaknesses as the wingbacks. I think Gressel and Miram have shown more often than not that they're needed out there on either side. Whereas I I think Heinemann is a nice oh Vasquez on the bench. We're we're, we're all on the same page. Oh right? yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Heinemann's kind of a luxury right now. I think that having essentially two Darlington Nagby's in there, one yeah. playing further up to me. Yeah. I think you could probably, I I love Heinemann out there, but I think that you could sit him, leave Nagby and, and Jeff in there to anchor the midfield. And then you can pretty much release Barco, Petey, and then Joseph on the prowl up front. I mean, to Marshall, Marshall, Vo- Marshall Voigt's point, Say that, say that 10 times fast. How many games have we had all three DPs on the field this year? Can't wait to see that in the playoffs. Maybe two or three at the most. Yeah. Okay, so... Domer and Elliot. Tito, Stryker, front three, Tito, Pity, and Barco. Thoughts on Tito up top, or Tito in general, since he's become a more viable option in the roster. You and I have... It's... It's tough to have this conversation because of the results oh, that I ended up getting overturned. Because of the results that happen, like he he gets the goal, it gets overturned. But aside from that goal, overall, personally, I have just not seen much out. Fuck this, Mike. <laughs> I've not seen much out of Tito. For me, that's been impressive over the course of this season. No, I can't see that either. Granted, he hasn't had enough consistent I get play that. time. It's, I get it's, that. He's, he hasn't really gelled with the team, especially under Frank DeBoer. I don't think it's his fault necessarily. He's obviously a very talented player we've seen over the course of the past three years. 
I don't think he really fits into this lineup. Maybe DeBoer knew something, or maybe it's a little column A, a little column B, where he's not as motivated and he's not been given enough playtime to really fit into the squad. Seems I, to be who? sort of mirrored by Bill's point. Tito's a nice mascot, which is, I mean, I love Tito to death as a person and, and what he brings to this team as a substitution, but as a starter and as a, a viable threat consistently, I, I've just not seen it this season. Uh, and that, that point seems to be a little bit echoed by Brian, who says uh, you're seeing why he couldn't get minutes last year in the playoffs. I think, Tito the, I think start. the biggest thing is what Bill, what Bill just uh, yes, said too. He absolutely. Said if, if I have to watch Tito fumble away possession in a one V one, one more time, I'll throw something the same to me goes for Justin Merrim because that has been happening a lot lately. It's it been so predictable has. on that wing. That right at the top of the 18. Yeah, and I just feel like if he got rid of, like, he could be more predictable and get the ball away sooner and just loft it into the box, and it's going to be more beneficial and more effective than trying to juke the player to either side. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been tough to watch because it has been consistently the same effort, at least with Miram. And it breaks my heart. At least with Miram, you've seen some distribution that is promising. Yes, he does get tied up in some 1v1s that don't always go his way, and yes, it's frustrating, but with Tito, I feel like more times than not, it's that 1v1 coming up short and the distribution. I mean, his distribution against NYCFC can equally be blamed for the first goal that they score as much as it is for LGP's defending because he plays a fucking back pass to Miles Robinson yeah. at his hip from the opposing 18 like miles isn't expecting that check pass out of fucking nowhere so yeah. I, I mean again it's it's a matter of needing to have somebody up top being able to distribute and have the one i'm not expecting him to take 1v1 successfully every time i mean even if it's 50 50 that's great as long as he's getting some quality distribution but i haven't really seen much consistently out of both fronts so that's my point on that Gressel played really well last night, I felt. Yeah. Gressel's been another one, though, that's been really hot and cold all year. Yeah. Obviously, he's played a lot better out wide, but he's not had he's not had the season that he's had the past two seasons. Let's say it that way. Yeah, that's fair. That's you fair. Know, whereas, whereas Joseph, you feel like, has been as good as he has been in years past. Some of the other playmakers, you can say the same. Brad Guzan, I feel like, has been pretty consistent all year. Yeah. I, I don't think Gressel has made like Gressel has had a substantial fall off this year since years past. And that's not to say he's a bad player, but it's certainly not the consistent quality. And some of that's just been where he's fallen into the rotation and where he's fallen. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not naturally a right wing back. Yeah. And then you take into account, I mean, the league has had two years to. F- whatever yeah. you want to call it, figure him out in the game plan for him because he is a very dangerous winger. He's one of the best wingers in MLS. Oh, Domer. I think that we have other options up top besides Tito. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I would take, especially I, now with a healthy Barco. I would take Brandon Vasquez over Tito up front just because the movement, oh, the distribution, the hold up play. I felt again, that's a very I, interesting topic. I felt like his positioning, his effort, I don't know, whatever, say what you will about effort. Uh, Alfreda Dad loves it. And um, I just thought his his finishing product was lacking. He had that he had a one shot from, what, 20 out that, that was on frame that, um, what's his name, Clement Jopp 
knocked out. Let's do, let's talk about that guy. Oh my! Him saving fucking Barco's free kick. My God. Yeah. So John, Joe Johnson says, "How about Jop? Exactly. So if it weren't my for if, if it weren't for him, we win that game. Like oh my running God. away. Oh my God. The two the two strikes at the end were just for him to get a hand on those is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. Tito has a fucking you know as much as I've just gotten off of the Tito bandwagon in the past fifteen minutes, he does have. Two really good plays. The one that gets overturned, and then he does have a fucking gorgeous curler from outside that yeah, keeper gets his hand to. Um, yeah, the uh, Barco's free kick. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, hats off to Clement Jop. He did a great job. I, I felt like he. I don't know. I, I mean, that overshadows. I really kind of highlights to me how we improved from the nycfc game oh absolutely to last night I again think, aside from one boneheaded mistake on defense yeah overall defensively we played a much better game last night michael parkhurst has a knack and i think i just noticed it last night to where he gets a foot in and his his tackles and his interceptions lead to like distribute like i don't know he's a distribution Distri- I, distributable balls yes exactly uh People did not take kindly to my no ageism on Michael Parkhurst last yeah. night. <laughs> did you think he played poorly last night? No, I was just he was cramping up. Oh, gotcha. I said that when he was fucking cramping up, like he needed it. He was. I think people took it as like you were, you were saying get off the field, like get this no. old guy off the field. He had yeah. a great fucking game, but he was clearly in distress and needed his walker to get him off of the field because his legs were fucking dead. Um, he was, he was limping a little bit before that challenge. And then he goes in and wins the ball and is just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. The, it, it was not a slight at Michael Parkhurst Parkhurst. I think he and Jeff, overall. I think he and Jeff both had good games. Last oh, night. absolutely. Yeah. And that's what you want to see out of your veteran players. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough to see Michael <laughs> Parkhurst go. And I don't know that we've recorded since he announced his retirement. Have we? No hats off. Yeah. Which we all saw coming. I think we all saw that coming going into this season. We thought he'd get one more year, a good uh, mentorship role coming into this season to see the next group come in and ushers in a very exciting new group, including Miles Robinson, who has played fucking great this season. Yeah. And, and moving him over to the right, it was kind of a test because he's been playing in the middle pretty much all season, Miles Robinson, and he he did a good job out there on the right. He's looked definitely a lot more confident and uh, less shaky out there over the past couple weeks. Yeah. All right, so what else do we have from uh, last night? We expect to see Barco starting this weekend, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, there's no reason why Gotta not. Gotta be. I think it's, what's, your, what's your lineup for Sunday? Uh, I think it's like for like what we saw um, this past match with the substitutions essentially as far as Barco in for Vasquez um I think we keep Miram in keep Heinemann in um the only thing I could potentially see is uh maybe Escobar in for Parkhurst because Parkhurst was struggling towards the end of that match or either if not in for Parkhurst it's at least an earlier substitution than we had this past weekend um you know, what'll be interesting to me is whether or not you see Jeff or Remedi play. 
because that's that's one that I could really see go either way because Jeff didn't have a bad game at all, and Eric hasn't had a really good game lately. So yeah, which way you push that, you know, in all honesty, I'd almost like to see um, Jeff and Parkhurst get a, another half under their belts, knowing that we'll probably need them if we go into a late playoff run. Um, just to get some reps, and then you see an early substitution for both of them in the second half. Uh, but that's really the the biggest the biggest change for me overall. I think that needs to happen would be Barco and Vervasquez. And then you put PD up front or Barco up front. Uh, I think they're just gonna. I think they're gonna have to rotate out, which you see them do that naturally anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you put up there; they're gonna rotate in and out. Um, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, I like what Bill's saying. He said about Jeff already knows this is his last season, but probably Eric doesn't want uh, the spotlight. So now, he hasn't told anybody. Domer did mention, Domer mentions a, a, a sub that we haven't talked about, which is, uh, Dion Pereira. Yeah. We're he actually, had a really poor game against NYC. He did. He did. He did come in late too, though. That's true. But it kind of stood out yeah. how he's, yep. I love the guy. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to be a good player for us for a long time. But again, it, it comes back to what what do you really, really need to do? And is is gassing out your players that are already looking fatigued for this last match of the regular season and potentially risking injury going into a playoff scenario? Like, yes, it is a it's a quote unquote must win game, but it's not a must win game to sacrifice your potential for making a playoff run because it is single elimination knockout, regardless of if you're second or sixth. So that, that, that would be my point there is maybe Miram does need a little bit of rest because he has played a ton and it seems to be showing. So, I mean, he sat during the NYCFC game, right? Did he? Who do we have? Yeah, over we on played left? a four back. But who do we have over on left? Uh, Pogba. That's right. It was Pogba, LGP, Robinson, and and Franco Escobar. We had a back four. That's right. We did do that. So Miram pretty much had a full week of rest yeah. between San Jose and. It's a good point. In Montreal, it's a good point. Um. All right. Is it the witching hour yet? What you got? What do you want to talk about? Is it the is it the witching hour? You got something brewing. What is it? No, there's just I want to know. There's a lot of good albums coming up. Like what? And I'm excited about. Like what? That Bayside album comes that out Bayside on Friday. That going to be great. New Norma Jean album? Eh, I'm okay on that one. Whatever. What? Nah, I know. You know what a good measuring stick is for how out of shape you've gotten? I, regardless of how old I get, every show I go to, <laughs> I'm like, I got to get in the pit for at least one song. Yeah. What did you see Hail the Sun last week? Got in for two songs, and I thought I was going to fucking puke. Yeah. Uh, I was sucking air. <laughs> it was so bad. Michelle is asking if Merrim turned down the national team spot. Um. Okay. Yeah, and Matt Austin saying Merrim did come on for like the last 19 minutes, but um, I didn't know that. The Miriam turned down a national team spot to go play for Iraq. Or no, oh, oh, he he turned down a call up to go play for Iraq because oh, of uh, Joseph the playoffs. Joseph's recently made a statement about his international call ups too. Did you see that? No, I didn't. He will no longer be accepting international team call ups. Really? Mm-hmm. What's the reasoning behind it? 
It's in Spanish. <laughs> he mentioned a couple of things um, that I could parcel out, and I don't know if my uh, Brian said the coach. Yeah, that that's what I took from it, but my Spanish is a little rusty. Um, El jefe es malo. Yeah, is, is that what it says? <laughs> I don't think that was it. Huh. Everybody's saying the manager. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Seen that happen with a couple players. Yeah. Where, I mean. He said they, something to the effect, if I, if I remember right, like it just, something about it not representing his neighborhood or, that he grew up in or something along that those lines. Mi barrio. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. No, I've seen that happen before with players, but they'll come back to their national team where there's a rift. Um, it's happened with a couple of Liverpool players recently, but um, seven zero and zero Liverpool, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know who else is undefeated this season? Clemson. Auburn. 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 Y'all. So let's do let's do switch it up. We got we got old War Damn Domer in the trap tonight. War Damn Domer. How you feeling about this weekend? You got a big matchup against Flo Rida. Yeah. I, I think Florida. I asked Bear- this question knowing that you haven't watched a single fucking football game this season. Yeah, I have. College football? Yeah. You just watched to see if Clemson would lose. Don't lie. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's all I watched. Um Yes, Matt Austin, War Dam. Um Bo Nix is looking a lot better. The defense is looking better. It's it's this team reminds me of it's gonna sound a little hyperbolic, but it does remind me of the Cam Newton Auburn team. Because it started off a little slow, a little sluggish. They're getting better and better. The defense is ratcheting things down, and Bo Nix is starting to find his way. And I think it's kind of dangerous. Like I had, I had full plans to watch the matchup against Mississippi State this past weekend to to kind of see what the matchup might be going against Florida. And I turned it off after the first five minutes, whenever they were up twenty-one to three <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, we were out at East Atlanta Strut, so I missed a good portion of that game. Of the season. Of the season, yeah. <laughs> I was out at East Atlanta Strut this weekend, so I missed the first five games of the season. Oh, you're ridiculous. <laughs> Florida's overrated, though. And uh, to Matt Austin's point, their best opponent has been Kentucky. That's a good point. I'm not to say, I mean, Dan Mullen's a good coach, but yeah. I don't know. I well, think who, who's Auburn's best opponent been so far? Oregon. Oregon, probably. Really? You think Oregon's better than A&M? I don't know. It might be a toss-up. But, I mean, and then, are, are they still the the only team with two top 15 wins this season? I think so. I mean, but again, and then, it's, and then this is when it gets interesting because then you look at teams like A&M who have – Two losses against two ranked teams, so it's like, are they really bad or are they good? No, no, you for know? sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Clemson almost losing to UNC. Yeah, well, they almost lost to Syracuse last year. We all know how that ended up, so I yeah. think we'll be all right. Yeah, I think it's gonna be all right. Um, yeah, fuck. Tua still plays in the West. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Bill's saying Auburn's still going to end up in third in the West. You're probably right. LSU looks fucking the ridiculous. The LSU-Alabama game is the one I've got circled for sure. What's the kid's name? The 
Burroughs. Yep. That kid's ridiculous. Yeah. But then so is Tua. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> and Jerry Judy. But then Jalen Hurts looks incredible over at Oklahoma. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting run. And then Trevor Lawrence has just been all over the fucking place with Clemson. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how people it all are People out. are getting fed up. People are getting fed up that we're talking about soccer. No, they're not. Look, at everybody's on board with fucking college football talk. I know. It's we we live in Georgia. What are you talking about? Uh, cartoon version of Guzan. What are you talking about? How about cartoon version of Guzan? Mr. Clean? Is that what we're talking about? I have no idea. I don't either. Anybody doing Inktober? I know Kevin's doing Inktober. I am doing Inktober. I'm excited about that. You can follow along at The Architect on Instagram. Uh, Norwich beating Man City. We didn't cover that, but I love it. And I can't believe I was cheering for a Blues, uh, a blues victory against Man City that didn't come on Saturday. Um, I don't know, Michelle. Michelle saying no to that, to that victory by Norwich being awesome because... Where I'm sitting, it's a five-point lead for Liverpool seven games into the season, and uh, it's looking pretty good. <laughs> it's looking pretty good. Uh, Maradona documentary comes out tomorrow. Did you ever get your DVD back from Jason Longshore? <laughs> I have still not gotten my Blu-ray of The Damned United starring Michael Sheen back from <laughs> Jason Longshore. To his point, I'll get too, it back. He's too busy winning awards and stuff. Yeah, that's true. That Thanks. Kangol hat don't stop. Big time in it. Yeah. Big time in it. All right. Speaking of big time in it, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight. Um, You can follow along each and every week by subscribing on YouTube. You can just do bit.ly forward slash HB4D YouTube or find us on Twitter. I haven't really posted much on Instagram lately from the show page. but Yeah, I got a new phone. I haven't even logged into the well, Instagram account. All social media at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. Uh, Bill's asking if Dan's still alive. We put out an SOS earlier on. and uh, He is alive because he texted me after that travesty of a Clemson match and said, Are you still alive? Uh. We played SOS by the police for the first 10 minutes of the show, Dan, Bill. Dan texts me more about Clemson than he comes on the show to talk about <laughs> <laughs> I see where his allegiances lie. Exactly. It's me, isn't it? It's, it's definitely you. It's definitely He got tired of you tinkering. That's what he said. And I'll tinker now, and I'll turn down all your volumes. <laughs> Good, all luck. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck. People have been trying to do that I'll for years. I'll get in your mic. <laughs> This sound travels. <laughs> That's for damn sure. It's funny you say that. Uh, you know, earlier we were talking about my car and having to get my car maintenance done and having to, what was the phrase that you used? Like, I, a money pit or no? No, you said like, it's always tough having to decide when something's worth it or yeah. not. And my, the first thing my mind went to is like, like you've been doing with our friendship for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right guys thank you so much for uh checking us out you can always call in um 678-827-3297 phone lines are always open for joe johnstone mostly but uh if you want to call in feel free to do so 678-827-3297 we'll be out there sunday to close out the season you going uh you going to go out early or are you just going to roll in at game time? I don't know. 
We have Candler Park Festival this weekend. That's right. So I'm going to abandon Angie on Sunday to go to the game. Oh, she's not going. No, she's not. Oh, it's a huge God. festival for her. So, yeah. It's one of the big two-day festivals in Atlanta. Um, Who you got going with you? Anybody? Don't know yet. I was going to say, why don't you just sell both of your tickets and you can sit with me or vice versa and we'll just take the proceeds and just load up on tachos. Okay. <laughs> sounds like a plan. That sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm going to load up on gout medicine. I want the burnt we haven't, nachos. We haven't gone to a game together this season. Oh, well, we did Campione's Cup, but yeah. we haven't had a boys are back in town match. No, we haven't. We need to figure something out. Yeah, we definitely do. Okay. We'll make it happen. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. If you found us on iTunes or YouTube, wherever, do a thumbs up, star rating. We didn't get any new ratings or reviews, right? Leave us a new review on iTunes or YouTube, wherever you can. Hear them read aloud on the show, no matter what they say or how many stars they may be equipped with. Love the hell out of you guys and gals. We'll see you out there Sunday. Score prediction. 3 nothing Atlanta. 2-1 Atlanta. Um, yeah, I think we close out strong. So. See you guys next week. As always, 